I'm happy to be a part of this first message of a six-part series called The Comeback, where we're going to be celebrating comeback stories. And some of you may be familiar with different comebacks. I mean, if I, if, if I got any American history people in here, Abraham Lincoln was one of those great comeback stories. He came back, he came back, and never gave up, and finally became president after so many failures. There's some people that like to watch golf, and they're really watching Tiger Woods. Why? Because he's a comeback kid right now. And then if you're like me, you fell in love with comeback movies like Rocky and other movies like that. We all like to root for the underdog. And the Bible is all about people who looked like they had a major setback in their life, but God helped them overcome their situation. God is the God of the comeback. Before we're going to look at the life of Moses and what a deeper kind of comeback may look like, let's start in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the greatest comeback of all, your son, Jesus, who when he looked like he was all the way out, that the darkness of the world had prevailed, that the greatest light, the greatest victory, resurrection over every situation happened in that divine moment where he had not only victory over the grave, but victory for every one of us who choose to follow him, who allow ourselves to be surrendered to him, who we simply yield ourselves to his resurrection power and abundant life that he has available for each one of us. So Lord, no matter what setbacks people have faced, Lord, I thank you for the comeback that you have awaiting each one of us in this new season. For I really do believe we're in a new season with the Lord right now, and it's happening all over this country, and, and as it's, it's going to come to the surface even more and more, and Lord, may we all be a part of the comeback you're bringing. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to put a scripture on the Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Can everybody stand with me? Can everybody stand with me for a moment? And if you can't stand, that's okay. Well, we're going to read this together, verses 11 through 15 of Exodus chapter 2. One day, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, why did you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed that Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely this thing is known. 
When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Thank you, may be seated. There's a phrase I want you to get burned in your mind this morning. And it's something that you're going to hear over and over in this message. And it's simply this. Your setback is God's setup for your comeback. Your setback is God's setup for your comeback. And I can't think of a more perfect example in the life of Moses. Let me give you a a definition of setback. A setback is an unexpected change or disappointment or reversal. You might be going through one right now. You might have just come out of one. <laughs> and some of you, if you can see the future, there's one maybe coming that you cannot see right now. Often they come in all kinds of different shapes and forms. It could be a family quarrel. All of a sudden a health issue arises. We have a financial setback or work problems. And the list can go on and on. See, Moses had this vision that God had implanted in his family on how he spared him miraculously. And here he was in this position of power and, and he thought he could take things in his own hands. And so he killed an Egyptian, and rather than his fellow people looking at him as a leader, they looked at him as a threat. But God used his failure to reshape him in that long desert experience that he went through. And here's the word that God's been giving me, and it may be a word that God's giving some of you today, and that is, God wants to accelerate your comeback. God wants to accelerate your comeback. Your setback, I want you to realize this, your setback is not God setting you aside. Your setback is not God setting you down. But your setback is simply this. It's God preparing you for what's coming next. I love that. It's God preparing you for what's coming next. See, i got to confess to you today, I've been a pastor just 34 years. In the last five years, I have hit burnout three times. What happens when you keep trying to pastor the way you were at 25 <laughs> or 30? And some of us are Actually, at a very much younger age, even doing it quicker to ourselves. I just got invited this last month to talk at what's called an REC. Anybody here ever been on Emmaus Walk? Emmaus Walk? That's a spiritual retreat for men and women. A beautiful uh, place where they show you grace and the whole diversity of the body of Christ comes together. And it's kind of Emmaus from... You know, like Jesus met the two on the road to Emmaus. It's, it's from the Lord's Supper to resurrection. 
It's that kind of experience, and it's a powerful spiritual experience, and now they're doing those in county jails and prisons, and it's called REC, REC, Residence Encounter Christ, and our jail has never been open to this, and finally our jail has a, a new sheriff, new, new sheriff in town, <laughs> and I mean, it was so crazy, you want to talk about the force? You know, the forces of darkness, that on our first night, somebody escaped from the jail. Never happened before. And the truth was, somebody actually let them out. I mean, it was playing that way. And that person resigned the very next day, and they think that's probably going to be it. But it's going to go much harder for them. They're going to need to come back. And, and the jailer and the sheriff decided, we're not going to stop this thing. And so Saturday, there was this mighty move of God. There was 40 men. And they were just weeping and crying and, and giving their lives to Christ. I, I saw guys in there going and to other men and saying, I, I'm sorry for the way I've been treating you. And it was like revival in the jail. It was like, as we sang that song, there was a move of God. And most people that are in jail, because if I, you know, for them, it's like, how many of you have drug problem. And almost everyone would raise their hands. And I'm at the place in my life where it's like I have a drug problem too. It's called depression medicine. We all have our different struggles. Our problems. But I want you to get a hold of this today. God is bigger than your problems. God is bigger than your problems. See, I have a word for you today. It's this. Your setup is God's, your setback is God's setup for your comeback. Your failure is not final. It wasn't for Moses, and it's not for you. Your failure is not final. Your failure is not fatal. But your future is wrapped around how you respond to your failure. Isaiah 61.3 says this. That God wants to take, here we go, Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. And if there's a word again today, it's that God wants to anoint you, God wants to empower you, God wants to change maybe the course that you're already on, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. God wants to take your ashes and turn something beautiful in it. Put like a, 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 a wreath around your head. The oil of joy for mourning. God wants to turn your mourning into joy and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. God sees you like this mighty oak. And you say, not me, God. God says, hey, if you let my righteousness be what you're all about, you are like a mighty tree that cannot be moved. You are the planting of the Lord because it all converges together where we give him all the praise and glory. You are the planting of the Lord so that your life may glorify God. So here it comes. 
your mess, whatever it is, can become your message. Your mess can become your message. And your test, I love this, can become your testimony. Don't try to hide it. Don't, don't, don't act like you got it all together when you really don't. You know what? Most of us can see through that anyway. And so here's Moses who is set down in the wilderness for a very long period, a time of growth, a time of reflection, a time where God is putting in him this, this great humility that when he comes out of the desert, it's not going to be about Moses anymore, it's going to be all about God. And so, I want to read to you the next part of Moses' life that changed everything in chapter 3. It says, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. Hey, Brad, this is like predestined here. Father-in-law. <laughs> Whose name was Chris, Chris? No, it was Jethro. The priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it wasn't consumed. The bush was burning. He saw this miracle that got his attention. I mean, there might be lightning strikes in the desert and a bush would be on fire, but this is a bush that was on fire, but the bush wasn't being consumed by the fire. What is this? And Moses said, I will turn to see this great sight. Why is the bush not burned? You know, I, I love this. God shows you something, or you see God doing something, and guess what your mind does? Your brain cannot wrap, wrap itself around it. <laughs> your brain will go, I, I don't understand. This can't be true. What's happening? You know, you might even have a sense of confusion because we're not used to seeing a miracle. And neither was Moses. And God called to Moses out of the bush. Moses. Moses. And Moses said, here I am. That's all God wants from me today. Here I am. God, I, whether I've gone it or not, here I am. Whether life is going better than I ever thought, here I am. Lord, I know you had this great mission for me, so here I am. Whatever it is, here I am, Lord. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for this place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he goes on, I'm just going to skip to the ending of this. Verse 15, God says to Moses, Say to this people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Why does he say that? Because he's a living God. Has sent me to you. Wherever 
wherever you are in life right now, our response is, here I am, Lord. And the Lord is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you in the struggle. I'm with you in the search. I'm even with you when you feel like you're down and out. For even when you fall, God is there to catch you. Even when you fall, God is there to carry you. Even when you fall, here's what God is teaching me right now. God has more, more to invest in you. See, God is fully committed, fully invested in your comeback. Philippians 3.13 says this, that we are to forget the past, looking forward to what God has for you. We're to forget the past and look to what God has for you. What direction are you looking? God is for your comeback. God is for your comeback. Like Jesus in his desert moment. I don't know about Moses out in the desert, but in Jesus' desert moment, there was a voice calling out to him. And it was the voice of the accuser. And maybe for some of you, you're struggling with this voice that's been accusing you and telling you you're, you're, you can't and you're not, you'll never measure up. It's the voice of the enemy. Because the voice of the accuser is always about you can't. But the voice of God's spirit is always about I will through you. See, the truth might be, you can't do it. But God says, that's okay. I can do it through you. And so do we follow the path of fear or the path of love? I grew up in a little town called near Edwardsville, Illinois, right across from the river from St. Louis. And we had a really great football team at our school. I mean, they, they, they would win a lot of games, but our toughest competition was always East St. Louis. <laughs> and when our two teams came together, it, it was like intense. You know, the pressure was on both teams. And we would go out there and everybody would, you know, it's like the calm before the storm and we're just waiting for this intense football game. And, I don't know about what schools you went to, but the school I went to, I have to confess to you this morning, our cheerleaders weren't very good. <laughs> Anybody went to school and your cheerleaders weren't very good? I mean, our cheerleaders, our cheerleaders would go like this. Big apple, little apple, Susie Q. Come on, team, we're rooting for you. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that was our cheerleaders. Now, East St. Louis, they had great cheerleaders. Matter of fact, not only the cheerleaders, but the whole football team lined up behind them. And they all start going, mm -hmm, like this, and the cheerleaders are getting ready. And they give a cheer like this. Oom gal, soul power. Y'all be dead in about an hour. <laughs> and we were like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. And we did lose. You know why? Because we lost from the very beginning. 
We lost from the very beginning. No, we got this God who's bigger than any problem, any circumstance, any mishap. But we forget that sometimes, and we just say we're going to lose before it even starts. And anytime somebody comes to me, they say, Chris, I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do this, and they tell me they're doing it out of fear. I always say this, you're making the wrong decision. They say, Chris, how do you know that? How do you know I'm making the wrong decision? And I always say this, because you're making the decision out of fear and not out of love. Love should be what motivates you for the decisions you make, not fear. And when it comes to our faith in God, faith is not what you can do for God. Look at me, God. You've given me all these amazing abilities. How can I help you? That's not faith. Faith is what God can do inside of you. That's faith. God does an incredible miracle inside the life of Moses. God has done incredible miracles in the life of his people throughout history. God is still doing miracles inside of us for those who choose faith over fear. See, God sees you and meets you right where you are at this moment. Moses was not a failure. The Egyptian army thought he probably was. There were many of Moses' own people that thought he was a failure. But what they could not see was God had this all mapped out before him. That your setback was God's setup. For your comeback. And so here's the question I want to ask you today. Where is the place in your life you need a comeback? And if you say, I don't have any, God bless you, well, I'll pray that God shows you it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the place in your life? that you need a comeback. Because we worship this morning a God of comebacks. A God who is a God of comebacks. There are pieces of paper and pens and envelopes that you have. And here's the question I want you to answer. We'll go ahead and we're going we're gonna to take a few moments here to prayerfully respond to this message. And the question is this. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> if God could change one thing in my life right now, maybe this is the area you need to come back in. If God could change one thing in my life right now, what would that be? What would that be? So take a few minutes. I want you to you just take a few moments to pray and, and write down your response. And it's going to be sealed in that envelope. And I want you to understand, nobody will see what's in your envelope. Praise God. <laughs> Nobody's going to see what's in your envelope. 
But when you get done writing down whatever you feel like the Spirit of God, that inner voice inside of you is telling you, then I want you to also write one word, and that's help. You're saying, God, whatever this is, help me in this. Just write one word, help. So the question again is, if God could change one thing in my life right now, what would it be? Later, when the service is over, they've got two boxes at the front porch table that you can drop those in. And I believe at the end of the six-week series, they're going to do something with those envelopes on the last week of the series. So here, here it comes that as you do this act of handing over to God whatever you're writing down, is that you are simply desiring and trusting God for your comeback in this situation. I asked the worship team to come back. Come back. <laughs> and as they come back, I pray that God will give you a mighty comeback of whatever it is that you need in your life right now. That this is a new season. And in this season, God is the God of comeback. I just want to pray over you as well. Heavenly Father, there's what we want, and then there's what we need. Show us what we need today. Open our hearts to the comeback that you want us to experience in Christ Jesus. Open our very being to all that you want us to become as followers of your Son, Jesus. Not just on Sunday, but every day. Father, I pray that you would give such a vision to revive the church. That it would revive lives everywhere. Not just those that are here, but those that are coming. For the next generation that's coming. For you are the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. You are the living God over our past, over this present now moment, this keros moment where we come into your presence and we say, God, do whatever it takes to grab a hold of this inside of me or what I'm facing outside of me. I surrender all. I surrender. <coughs> Accelerate our comeback, I pray. According to all the riches and glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, the name above every name, Amen.